0: To this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartseeds Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225 274 1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word.
1: You know, I I love Jesus so much and my desire is just to see people fall so greatly in love with God, just to love him with their whole hearts. Tonight I want to talk once again about from plan to purpose. We want to take our lives from a plan, from a blueprint to a living, breathing, acting, vibrant power force that God can use. I believe there is a purpose and a plan. There has to be first a plan for every one of our lives. How many believe God has a plan for your life? So we believe God has a plan for our lives, but you've also got to believe that His plan is for purpose. Hello? His plan is for action. So when God created you, He created you with a plan, but for not for you to sit back and say to everyone, look at my plan, look at my plan. An orange tree doesn't have to tell the people around that it's an orange tree. It doesn't wear a label. What does it do? It produces fruit that identifies what it is. Our lives, the purpose of our lives, should produce fruit that identifies the plan that God has for every one of our lives. So I want to continue tonight talking about from plan to purpose. Bringing you all into the realisation that God has great things in store for your life. I'm tired of talking with people who doubt and question the fact that God can use them. Anyone ever made a mistake in him? Anyone ever made some really bad mistakes in him? God still can use us. You know what we just admitted? We're we're candidates for God to be able to use us. That there are none excluded. The only way that we exclude ourselves from the plan and purpose from God is if we choose to take our name off the list. Tonight we're going to take another step forward in our lives. This is actually the fourth message on this series. The first step that we took in our lives to take our lives from plan to purpose was exposure. Being exposed to God, coming in contact with Jesus. A life that is changed as a result of encountering Jesus. We discovered that the exposure of our lives led to more choices because all of a sudden our lives began to open up. The opportunities were there. So the choices led to more options that resulted in decisions. So the second step we took was we looked at the decision process of our life, realizing that we need to make the right decisions because decisions have with them consequences. And we don't like many times the consequences. We discovered that decisions were more than just saying, man, I like that. I want that. It looks good. But we discovered that decisions are gathering all the necessary information and putting it to work into our lives. Last week we took the third step and that was transformation. Realizing that God doesn't want to only change our lives. God wants to make us a new creation, a brand new man, Transformation is literally a metamorphosis process that God wants to put our lives through. That a caterpillar can never, or a caterpillar will turn into a butterfly, but a butterfly can never go back to being a caterpillar. So we're looking at the process that God wants to bring us through, more than just a change, but He wants to absolutely transform us in so many incredible ways. We saw that transformation included two parts. First and foremost, we saw it's no longer conforming to this world. We read the scripture from Romans 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For the first step for transformation was to come out of the world's mould, to no longer behave and act like it, refusing to have that victim mentality, but rather choosing to be a victor through God. But then we also realize that it's the second step, also, is developing new thought patterns, changing the way we think, seeing your life through his eyes and not through yours. But listen to me, please it's not your thoughts that change you, but you become changed when your thoughts line up with his thoughts. I know the thoughts I have for you, says God. The plans, the purpose that I have for you. When your thoughts begin to line up with His thoughts, then your life begins to click into a gear and can go to places that you never thought possible. You know, I know for so many people, the midweek Wednesday night services are a struggle with school and the kids and, and just work and just all those kind of things. But I really believe what we're covering is such important stuff that you need to be involved in. You need to be in the house of God, not only for you, but for your kids right now who are being taught and and great things that they are being instructed in also. Because I believe we're teaching truths that will take your life from a plan to an active purpose, to a place of fulfillment, to a place of destiny. Are you ready for step number four tonight? Step number four is a good one. I like it. Are you ready? Here it is. Step number four, build it. Build it. Pastor, what do you mean by build it? What kind of step is that? To build it. What are you you talking about? I believe it's time for you and I to begin to see our lives grow. Because what we've got so guiltily of doing is focusing on all the broken mess and the needs of our lives and the past failures and the past mistakes and the past disappointments that we've focused so much on those kind of things, we've got to learn to leave them behind and realize that God wants to build our lives. God wants to strengthen our lives, that God wants to change our lives. As we make a choice to move forward in God, growth is going to take place. Our dreams are going to become realities. I'm ready for growth. I'm ready to see my life grow. I'm ready to see growth in your life. I'm ready to see development in your life. I'm ready to see, to see you being used in greater ways than you could ever imagine. And you can look at your life and say, how can God use me? Listen, you've got to leave the brokenness behind and begin to understand the fact, the truth, that God has a purpose for your life. And that's not the purpose God has for your life. Come on, that's the stepping stone that God is using, the mess, the brokenness, all those things, the sin. God has used that to bring you to this place where you can realize God's got great things in store. God's got great things in store for you. John, God's got incredible things. Mary, Katie. I mean, God's got incredible things in store for us. Things beyond what we can even imagine. One translation says of Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20 is probably one of my favourite verses in the Bible. I want to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. One translation says our wildest dreams. According to what? The power that we allow to work inside of us. God is a power that can do supernatural things. With our lives, if we'll just trust Him. Let's look back for a few moments, if we would, at step one and step two, step three. Step one was exposure, step two was decisions, really making the right decisions. Step three was transformation. You see, the reason I'm looking back to those three steps right now is because I want you to see that those steps are what we call foundational. They're the foundation. We've got to get those in place in order to begin to see our lives being built and established and to see growth in our lives. Because you see, with no exposure, without coming in contact with God, the Word of God tells us there is no hope. We're making the wrong decisions in our lives. Guess what? We're killing our future. If there's no transformation in our life, there's no change. There's no new way of seeing things. There's no new way of thinking. So there's no future. There's nothing out there. So these are foundational principles that you and I have got to grab a hold of so that our lives can begin to be built in God. Listen to this verse from Psalms 127, verse 1. It says these words. Unless the Lord builds the house. Come on. They labour in vain who build it. New Living Translation says, unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is useless. Wow. So if we're going to build and grow, which we are, come on, do I have a witness in the house? Come on, we're going to see our lives grow. We're going to see strength rise in our lives. We're going to see God use our lives. But if we're going to see growth in our lives, we must not make the mistake of leaving God out of our lives. Isn't it sad that one of the first things that can so often slip out of our lives when things are going good is the God who provided the means of greatness and goodness in our lives? amazing when most people turn back to God is when they're on rock bottom and they suddenly remember God? God's not just a God that wants to help us through our problems. Thank God He will. God's a God that wants to rejoice with us through our happiness and our joys too. God wants to be with us every second, every moment. But you see, we have the tendency so many times to begin to say, I don't need God. Don't make the mistake today of leaving God out of your life. Don't put your faith in man. Don't put your faith in programs. Don't put your faith in your job. Don't put your faith in your career and finances and all these things. Because can I tell you, they can be taken just like that. And then you're left disillusioned. You're left perplexed. You're left discouraged. You're left like there's no hope. I'm telling you, if you put your faith in God, Because without God, the only accomplishments, if you can even call them that, are going to be so futile, which means not successful in your life. But you see, as we make God our number one priority, as we let Him do the building in our lives, the sky is the limit where He can take you. The sky is the limit of what He can make you to be. You may be saying to me right now oh God can't do anything with me, I'm a broken mess. I'm telling you right now if you just trust him if you just say God I can't do it on my own but I know you can do something and make something of my life. Can I tell you right now that's the testimony of every single person in this house tonight because we're all testimony to the fact that we weren't worthy but yet God still used us that we didn't have what it took come on God doesn't call the The equipped, he equips the called. Come on, God's not looking for what? Talent and ability. God's looking for availability. He's looking for people that he can use that doesn't think they've got it all figured out. God can't use that. God can use someone that feels that I haven't got a thing figured out and God says, it's okay. I can take care of it. But you see, our lives have got to be built according to his plan in order to see his purpose fulfilled. I want to give you tonight, quickly, four points that I believe we must consider or must be considered when building our lives and moving forward. If you want to move forward in your life, there's four key points tonight, I believe, that you must consider and realize tonight. First one is this, in order to build, you must have vision. In order to build, the first point is this, you must have vision vision. You've got to be a visionary. In other words, you've got to be able to see it. It's so sad how many people have become blinded and now no longer can see their lives beyond their present circumstances. What do I talk about? They've let their dreams die. They've let the goals that God had placed in their life to accomplish. They've let those things fall by the wayside. They have become so forgotten and now they see no hope of ever changing. Blinded to the fact that their lives can be any different to what they are right now. Listen to me, this is a key thought tonight. You have got to begin again to picture your life beyond where you are right now. You've got to begin to see yourself beyond the hurt beyond the disappointments, beyond the mediocrity, beyond where you are right now. Maybe you're a great Christian and your life is great, but you've got to still see yourself beyond because you haven't made it yet. Yeah. And you've got to see yourself beyond that. Now, I didn't say see yourself beyond it and live in a fool's paradise. I didn't say that. But what I did say is you and I must realise that we're not at our destination. Come on, we haven't made it yet. Come on, turn to your neighbour and say, you're not all you think you are. Come on, you ain't it. Come on, look at them and say, you ain't it. Come on, (laughs) You, you don't have it all together. You're not everything you think you are. Come on, none of us have made it to our destination yet, but you know where we stand today is another step closer to our destination. It's a stepping stone. It's a part of the plan that has taken us to the purpose that God has for every one of us. And if we don't move ahead on that pathway, listen to me, we'll never get there. Satan is the master of stealing our vision. I said Satan is the master of stealing our vision, making us believe that we blew it making us believe that now we don't have a chance to ever live in those dreams and those goals, those things that God promised every one of us. But it's amazing. Satan can steal our vision. But you know what? I'm not interested about Satan. I want to know about God. Come on, I want to know what God says, Doug, because I know that Satan's a liar, so therefore I can't believe anything he says. So I want to know what truth says. And truth says this. Are you ready, Phil? This is what truth says. It says this. The callings and giftings of God are without repentance. Now, that may not mean much to you, but it's going to mean something to you in a minute if you don't understand that. That means those dreams, those goals, those things that God has placed into your life. It means God has given those to you without repentance. What does that mean? God's not taken them back. Hello? God's not regretting that he's done that because all of a sudden Trey's blown it. So God's going, oh man, I regret, I've given that, oh, let me take that back. It's still out there for every one of us to go after if we'll just push through and not believe the lies of the enemy but realise that this is just a test and I'm going to come through this. Why? Because my life is not as good as it's going to be right now. I'm going to make it a whole lot better. That means it's still available if we only avail those things. Come on, we've got to go after those things that God has given us, those dreams those aspirations. Suicide. The number one reason of suicide, they tell us, is that people have lost their vision. They believe the lie that they can no longer reach beyond the hurt and the pain of the present circumstances. And therefore, they make a permanent decision based upon temporary situations and circumstances we've got to have vision in our lives we've got to have vision in our lives why? because God's word says without vision we're going to perish another translation says without vision the people cast off restraint another translation says the people run wild God didn't call us from plan to purpose to be out of control Something about a vision is it's almost like a, a V that takes us to a point. A, v, a vision is something that focuses us, that takes us from a wide angle and focuses us in to something that's defined. God wants to take us and focus our lives. They say "Where river, the closer the banks are, the faster the river will flow. Think about that. The further we get into the vision, the greater distances, the greater places I believe that God can take us in our lives if we will just trust Him. If you cannot see it, you'll never be able to build it. Let me say that one more time. If you cannot see it, you'll never be able to build it. If you cannot see your life beyond where you're at right now, you will never achieve anything beyond where you're at. I've got an incredible talent or a a gifting, I want to call it that, that I believe that God has given to me. That I can walk into a place. I remember the very first day that I walked into this building and it didn't take me five, ten minutes to see almost everything that you see right now. There was a wall across the middle. There was offices here. There was offices there. It didn't take me long to say that wall's got to go. Those offices got to go. Here's the sanctuary. We can put a wall in with two doors that can separate the youth hall now from the kids' room. We can do this and we can do that. The vision. Let's take the walls out in the lobby area. Leave that one. That can be a cafe. That can be a lobby. Let's put that wall that was in the hallway down there. That can make an office for me. Here's another office. I mean, I saw all these things that we're a part of right now. God has given me ability that I can walk into a place and I can vision what it can look like. I remember one night, the New Year's Eve, I believe, we came in here and the lights went on and we were walking along in flashlights and people were just blown away. I was going, this is going to be this and this is going to be that and people are looking thinking, what is he talking about? But you know what? People could not all see that, but I could see that. And today we are sitting in the fact of something that I was able to see. You see, what I'm saying is, you've got to begin to see what God sees. You've got to begin to see the value that there is upon your life, not that you're a spoiled good. Come on, you've got to begin to see that God looks at you and says, chosen. Hand-picked. The best. Instead of believing the lie of Satan, that you're nothing, that you're nobody, that who cares about you. I'm telling you right now, you've got to begin to see it. You've got to begin to have a vision for your life, because if you can't see it, you'll never build it. If all you see is failure, that's what you'll build your life upon. If all you see is the hurt and the pain, that's what you'll build in your life. It will be a life of hurt, pain, failure. And this is why I believe church is so important. Let me just throw in a quick commercial for church. I love church. I mean, I love church. If I wasn't the pastor, can I tell you a secret? I would still go to church. I love church. I was brought up in church. I absolutely love church. I know what David was saying when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. I love going to church. I love being in church. And here's why I believe church is so important. Because we all at times... Lose our vision. Don't care how saved you are, how holy you are, how long you've been saved or how short you've been saved. We all lose our vision at times. We get down. We get discouraged. We get depressed. We doubt the ability of God. And that's why I believe church is so important because we need to get around other people who are going somewhere. Come on, we need to be around other people that has a vision. So when I don't have a vision, I want to be around someone that's going in the direction that I need to be going to. If I can't see it, I can grab hold of Patricia's coattails and she can just pull me forward a little bit. Now I can get around Trey, and I can just be encouraged, that I can be just strengthened, that I can be lifted up. Why? Because from other people's example that we have around us, we can grab a hold and we can find hope. We can gain encouragement. And the strength that we need, that we're not going to quit and not going to give up. We can find vision once again and build our lives upon that. Come on, have you ever come to church hopeless? Have you ever come to church down and depressed and miserable? I have. Did you leave the same way? (laughs) Probably not. And if you did leave leave the same way, it was your choice. You did not have to. You did not have to. So what are you saying? We can come in with no vision, with no hope, but when we get in an environment where everyone's moving and praising and God's Word and Spirit is moving, guess what? It gives vision back to every one of our lives. Satan wants to do whatever he can to steal your vision and and in doing so, he wants to take away your future. In Genesis chapter 11, we read a story of the Tower of Babel. That the men of that day came together to build a tower, they said, that's going to reach up to heaven. And the Bible says that God came down to see what they were doing and here's what He realises. Here's what God gathers from the information He gets as He looks and sees what the people are doing. In Genesis chapter 11 verse 6, God says these words, Indeed the people are one and they have one language and this is what they begin to do. This is just the start, God said. Now nothing that they propose to do Will be withheld from them. This is what God is saying. As one, or with a vision, say that with me, with a vision coming together as one with a vision, there is nothing that that cannot be done and cannot be accomplished. Well, what does that mean to my life? If I can have vision in my life, if I can put God first and prioritize and realize that I can't do it without Him, but with Him I can do all things, if I can get that vision and grab a hold of that in my life, I will begin to realize there is nothing that I cannot accomplish or cannot be done with my life. Yes, God confused their language and, and they're scattered and he causes division. Why? Because what they were doing wasn't right. But that day, someone else heard the words of God. Satan. Satan heard God say that while they're one, while they are in vision, while they are in unity together, there is nothing they can't accomplish. And Satan goes, that's it, that's my mission. And ever since that day, Satan's mission has been what? To divide. To destroy. To confuse. To stop building. And you and I are his target audience. He wants to steal your tomorrow by blinding you through the pains and restrictions of your today. Because he knows if you can get a vision of your life, your life will never be the same again. Come on, if you want to build, you've got to have a vision. Point number two, you've got to build according to the plan. John's an architect. He'll tell you this. A plan is a plan for a purpose. There's measurements for a reason. A builder can't just go and say, I'm just going to build whatever I want and then expect all the roofs and everything, all the trusses, and everything to be what they need to be and fit and all these kind of things. I mean, it doesn't happen like that. You've got to build according to the plan. And that's what you and I have got to do. If we're going to build our lives, we've got to build according to the plan, to His pattern. Too many people are building again today, and I don't want to repeat myself, but you've got to hear this. So many people are building their lives today according to pain, according to present situations according to the circumstances they are in right now. We must build our lives according to the purpose He has planned for our lives, His blueprint. I haven't got time to visit this in great depth, but one day a man named Nehemiah heard the word given to him of how his people, the children of Israel, were living in reproach. They were in trouble, they were in danger. Nehemiah prays, which is a great place to start. Do I hear an amen? He seeks God. He gathers all the information. He goes before the king and God gives him direction and favour to go and fulfil the plan. So he leaves and he goes to Jerusalem and he shares his vision with those who were in trouble and everyone gets involved. Everyone begins to build. Everyone begins to do their part. In Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 17, the latter part of the verse, it says this, Nehemiah says to the people and the people agree and they come together and they say, come let us build the walls of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. New Living Translation says, let us build the walls that we can rid ourselves of this disgrace. In stage right though, as they're all coming together and they're building, in stage right comes Satan. How many knows it doesn't take Satan long to show up when something begins to be constructed? When something begins to be built and we begin to build our lives, how many knows it doesn't take Satan, the destroyer, long to come in, the demolition man? So all of a sudden, the enemies around them, they begin to say these words in Nehemiah 4 and verse 2, the last part of the verse, they say, Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? They are stones that are burnt. What was the enemy telling them? How can you build with the materials that you have because it's just trash and it's just junk? Can you see? We've got to remember the fact that Satan wants to remind us of the circumstances, the situations and the past that we have. To make us see all the stuff that we have and to give us no hope of being able to build according to his plan, the plan of God. You've got to stop listening to him. What did the children of, of Israel do? They kept building according to the plan. They didn't listen to the enemy. They took a stone and they put one stone on top of another and took another and they took another and they just kept building. They did not listen to the lies of the enemy. One man inspired a nation to come together once again and have a vision to build their lives beyond the reproach that they were living in. Tonight I'm not Nehemiah, but I want to give you a cause once again to build. Come on. I want to let you know tonight that you can do it. Come on, I want you to know. Maybe it's not going to be easy, but come on, together we're going to make it. We've just got to build according to his design and his pattern, not ours. Come on, we've got to make a decision in our lives. We've got to have vision, but we're going to build our lives according to his plan. What is that? I may be a mistake, I may be a failure, Maybe a load of trash, but let me tell you something. If I build according to his plan, he can take the trash and make it something incredible. Number three, you've got to realise building costs something. It costs something. Luke 14:28 through 30 says, For which one of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he is enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation that he is not able to finish it, and all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, and he was not able to finish. The Bible says, He that began a good work in you, he is faithful to. We used to sing a song that says, God's going to finish. Just what he started. Even though the waters have got to be parted, lift up your head and don't be broken-hearted. God is going to finish what he started in you. You've got to realize that it's going to cost something to build. But you've also got to realize that our lives must not only be about the start, but that we will continue till it will be finished. In golf, there's a saying out there, Mr. Huss can tell you, it's not how you drive, it's how you arrive. If you've ever played golf, you know what I'm talking about. You can hit the biggest drive all you want, but I'm telling you, that's nothing if you can't arrive into the hole. Come on, it's not the drive, it's how you arrive. Here's the realisation tonight. It's going to cost us something to build. And that's important to know. Because that means when everything does not go as planned, you and I can't quit. A lot of people think, I'll just give my life to Christ and there's no more problem. Sorry. Uh, uh, our survey says, uh. In fact, you, when you give your life to Christ, you paint a big target on your chest with a big flashing arrow over your head and says, Satan, over here. But we're not alone, are we? He promises never to leave us and He promises never to forsake us. There's a cost that is required in order to see our lives being built. There are some friendships that we're going to have to let go of. There's some things that we used to enjoy that we know that they're sinful and they're not right, that we cannot partake in those things. Come on, there is a cost that is involved when we step forward and do what God has called us to do. And when everything doesn't go as planned, come on, when we consider the cost beforehand, when the circumstances don't look good, we're not going to quit because we've already purposed that there's going to be hard days, there's going to be tough days. But my faith is not going to waver. Come on, my faith is going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on pressing on. There's going to be sunshine and there's going to be hailstones. But you know what? God is still in control. We've got to consider the cost. And as a result, we will be determined to never stop. Listen to this. The cost is worth the sacrifice. The cost is worth the sacrifice. The finished product is worth maybe the little suffering that we'll go through in our lives. Today, you may feel like you're in the wilderness. But I want to encourage you tonight that through faith and obedience, you will make it to the promised land. If you just keep going. Romans 8, verse 18 For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to compare with the glory that shall be revealed in us or to us. I know this in my life. Something that has cost me something is something that is of greater value to me. Something that was just given can be taken it's maybe not a big deal. Remember that first car that was perhaps given to you by your parents? You kind of washed it for a little bit but then you didn't really take care of it anymore and if it was scratched, if it was bumped, I mean, no big deal. You weren't paying the note. But remember the day you bought your car? You go around it every so often and look at every scratch and when you see that scratch, oh, it's just like it's a dagger that goes into your heart. Man, that's my baby. I paid for that. Oh, Because something that's cost you something is something of a greater value. And lastly, number four, you need to know what you need to build with. You need to know what you need to build with. In order to build, first we've got to have the right tools. It's incredible how much easier a job is when you have the right tools. (laughs) I mean, just a simple little tool can save you Sometimes hours and hours of work. If you've ever kind of fiddled around and done handiwork at home, I think one of the worst things to work on in a house is door handles, where you've got to take off all the little casings and everything to get to the screws. If you will remember, when you bought that door handle, there was a little tool that had like a special shape with a little pin in it and everything that was perfectly made that it would just pop that plate right off but now you're getting screwdrivers and you're wedging them and the doors are getting marked and the the plates are getting bent. But if you just had that little tool, pings it right off. It's amazing what happens in our lives when we've got the right tools. Listen to me. We're giving you the tools, exposing your life to God. Making the right decision. Asking God to transform your life. These are the tools. The Word of God is the tool that will spin your life. When, you begin to, uh, when the enemy comes in with all these things, I challenge you sometimes, begin to write down what the enemy's saying. Begin to look at it and compare it to what God's Word says. And I'm telling you, it's going to be contrary to God's Word. So then, right there and then, you've got a choice. Am I going to believe His Word or am I going to believe God's Word? And can I tell you, Satan is a liar. So you can't believe His Word. I'll make it easy for you. Believe the Word of God. So you've got to realize God's given me the right tools through His Word. But you know what? I've got to also engage in the right way of thinking and make the right decisions and the choices of my life. So what's the second thing that we have? What do we need to build with? The second thing is we need the investment. It's going to cost us something, so we need the investment. We need to know what that is. We need to be willing and patient to put in all the time and energies required, refusing to quit no matter what takes place. My family is an investment that I'm willing to put work into. Come on, my marriage is an investment that I know that if I put into my marriage, I'm going to reap the rewards. Come on, your spiritual life is an investment. Come on, we buy shoes, we buy purses, if we're ladies, thank you. We buy all these things and everything, but what investments do we make into our own spiritual life? Make an investment. Third point is this. We've got to have the right materials. Materials are important. I went to have a look at a house once when I was buying a house and I wondered why the house was so cheap and I found out that it was built with cheap materials. I didn't want that house. Come on, I didn't want those two befores that were all bowed beneath the concrete or beneath the sheetrock. You can't see them, but I'm telling you right now, it was substandard materials. We've got to have the right materials in our life. Materials are important. Use what God has given you. Listen to me. Don't ever try or think about trying to use anything else that hasn't been given to you. Doug, you can't be me, thank God. Be what God has made you. Use the materials that God's placed in your life. David had the opportunity one day. If I'm going to face a giant, it was probably a good idea to have a sword, a shield and some armour. Come on. But what did David say? Hold on a second, I haven't proven these. These are no good. This is not what God's given me. God's given me a little slingshot and a leather pouch and a shepherd's staff. People looked at him and said they were crazy, but they were tools. They were the materials that God gave him. Don't ever try to be someone else. The materials that God has given to you are materials that will build your life into what God wants you to be. Do I hear an amen? It may work for other people, great, but that's not your life. That's not your future. Build your life with the materials that God's... Oh, but the materials, there's not much. As you begin to build, can I tell you this? God will begin to give you everything that you need. In his timing and in his plan, God will give it to you. There may not be much more than a couple of two befores right now. We'll begin by nailing them together. And all of a sudden, you'll realize oh, there's another two before. Oh, there's a window. There's a door. As you begin to be faithful just to build with what you have, God will give you, Doug, what you need. Isn't that incredible? Don't try to be something God never intended for you to be. Function in your unction. Have the faith to trust Him. And I said at the right time, He will provide everything you need. And last thing that we need is the energy to make it happen. Come on, that commitment, the stamina not to quit, to finish the job. God may not always move as quick as you think He should, Things in your life may not be happening as quick as you want them to. Here's my challenge to every one of you. Just make sure they keep moving. Just make sure they keep moving. Make sure you keep building. Make sure you keep adding to your life and allowing God to change you. Come on, it's time to build. Or time to continue building our lives. To follow His plan. To watch His purposes being unfold in our lives. Don't allow Satan to hinder your life any longer build it. Come on, say that with me, build it. it. Come on, grow. Move on. Don't just start. Never quit. Realize this, that thank God my life's been exposed to God. I'm making the right decisions. My life is being transformed. But for what reason? God wants to build me. God wants to use me. God wants to create something in my life. Come on, if you believe that today, stand up on your feet.